D&D After Dark is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast starring three semi-professional actors and full-time parents. Previously on Dark Was the Night, Baroness Anna Bot calmed the painted djinn and then toyed with our dynamic inquirers, dancing around, accusing, and accepting blame for wrongdoing. The usually calm Patrick was taunted into threatening violence against the Baroness, but only managed to arouse her. The two returned home with tails between legs. Early the next morning, Jules chased the rooftop scoundrel she had chased before with the same results as last time. At Scotland Yard, they discovered a new letter and confronted Father Monaghan, whose secondary personality flared. And the dynamic inquirers were left questioning who or what is possessing the priest, and why did the Baroness mete out mercy when they were in her power? Now sit back and enjoy this episode of Dark Was the Night. Dynamic Inquiries. With the maniacal laughter of Father Monaghan echoing in the hallways behind you, the barred and locked doors of Scotland Yard doing little to muffle this disconcerting cacophony. The time, I believe, is only about 11 in the morning, is what I want to say at this point in time. The contents of the third letter have been revealed to you. Their Latin passages giving little indication as to where you must proceed. All you know is that more death will follow his, and you may seek him out where Elizabeth, in sight of where Elizabeth first opened her eyes. To start, get the dice a little hot. Why don't you both go ahead and give me a history check? Natural 20. Nat 20, baby. Natural 20. Nat 20! Starting off hot! <laughs> See, I didn't go to school, so... And, and so that, well, I mean, I didn't even have you roll disadvantage either. That's just, that's just your, di- your, that's your dice deciding that you're going to be me. in character tonight. Um, Carl, while you blow your nose... Um, <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, should a, a cough or a sneeze erupt, Carl himself is in perfectly fine physical health, Carl's if not fine. mental health. Um, Sor- Sorby is another story entirely, but he's going to try and soldier through, so enjoy. Um, Carl, with a natural 20, you remember from your numerous studies, and as a true born Englishman, that uh, Queen Elizabeth. With a Scottish accent. They're, they're part of England. Um, Queen Elizabeth I was born in Greenwich, uh, in the, in the Greenwich Palace, which has since been repurposed to, uh, be more of encompassing into the, uh, the Royal Naval Academy. This is at the edge of Greenwich Park. With a natural 20, sir. I know which room. No, (laughs) no, no, it's, it's... Okay. Here's what I will give you with a natural 20. I mean, I am the world's greatest detective. This little section of London, anyway. For all, for, it's not like, oh, that's my schoolwork I'm calling up. That's not correct. There's, um, there's another guy somewhere on Baker Street, but I'm better than him sometimes. <laughs> um, sir, uh, you know that 
from the site of where the Greenwich Hospital is, which is, by the way, right on the banks of the Greenwich Reach part of the Thames, you know that you can see two hospitals from the Greenwich Palace. One directly on the Thames, being the Royal Hospital, and then the one on the opposite side of the park, past the observation, past the observatory, which is Greenwich Hospital. Ah, the Thames. So, with that information, because, you know, as a learned gentleman who had studied medicine as well, that's kind of how you would latch on to that kind of information. Mm -hmm. Dynamic inquiries, the floor is yours. Door of death filled with those who wish to visit a bay. More, more deaths will follow his. Time alone will stop its marks. Well, where to look at the first open of her eyes? That's Greenwich Palace. And oh, because you just know that. Just log that away. I happen to be very patriotic. Someday you said, you know what I might need to know sometime is where she was born. You know, you wouldn't understand because you don't drink tea. <laughs> now, where the door of death is filled by those who wish to keep it at bay. Does that mean doctors? No, not necessarily. That could be. But those because who wish that to keep what it doctors at bay. are trying to do is keep death at bay. Yes, that is so. More death shall follow his. Time alone will stop his march. Seek him out from the sight of where Elizabeth first opened her eyes. Who's him? Time alone will stop its march. Time's going to the clock, so help something. Time is going to stop. Well, we need to find out who he is. Seek him out. Unless, unless it's referring to death himself. Or the victim. Could be. I'm definitely thinking about the zombie version, but that was me. My tongue carved with the word death on it. But death is the last. Not the, not the last. Death would be the last, but um, you would also remember that uh, war and. Pestilence? Pestilence no. has not uh, occurred. Famine. Famine, thank war you. War and famine. War and famine have occurred. Pestilence and death remain. Yeah, so, so death is going to be the third. So death is our third body, our third victim. Or is it the other thing, the sickness one, which would also go to the hospital, right? Doctor. Could be. Right. So, the hospitals that are closest to Greenwich Palace are the Royal Hospital and Greenwich Hospital. I would assume. Oh, there isn't one like right there. I mean, it's where she was born. She wasn't born. It's in a hospital. palace. She was born. It's in sight of where... She was born in a palace. She's a princess at the time. Uh, um, I would assume, given our strangely watery, aquatic, supernatural kind of being, 
hospitals they had back in the day. I'm going. I'm going to say. I'm. My bet is the Royal Hospital, which is closest to the Thames. Right. Yes. Let's do it. <laughs> so. Um, on our way. The um, I need to pick up some new instruments. Fine. Um, I have some errands to run as well, so we'll do that on the way. Great. Dynamic inquiries. Um, to that end, that does eliminate what I was going to ask, which was you know of three possible venues of approach. One being a ferry, which would probably be the most expedient. Two would be a train and then foot, which would still probably take you the better part of two hours. And the third, the longest, would be by foot melded, uh, molded with a cart, which uh, will be among the most expensive as well as the longest. But will allow you to, unless of course you wish to do your shopping here in Westminster, in the uh, site of Scotland Yard, in which case then you may proceed to one of the I said it with an accent, didn't I? Yeah. No. I, I, I don't love the idea of buying a lockpicking set right by uh, Scotland Yard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> For good reason. It would probably be pricey and or hard to find. Um, which reminds me that uh, as it is a lockpicking set that you are attempting to purchase. Because I have the rest of my thieves' tools. You do have the rest of your thieves' tools. Um, I would like you to roll me either an investigation or a history. Good luck. Okay. I'll let you roll with advantage. Oh, yay. Sorry. History or... or... investigation. Uh, that's ten. Out of curiosity, which did you pick? Yeah, they're both exactly the same. Yes, yeah, so it just it just determines how I how I approach the investigation. Investigation, gotcha. So, Jules, uh, as you are both having this conversation, not so much puttering about as you are uh, circling each other, trying to get a a gist of how best to attack the remainder of your day this Monday, the twenty third, twenty fifth of September. Thank you. Um, you immediately start just kind of looking down a few different alleys, trying to see if there's any of those telltale signs of those in your previous line of work who would be able to procure the goods as probably couldn't go to the nearest smithy or general store to pick up a set of lockpicks, especially here in Westminster. Mm -hmm. um, if this is a... If this is a... Uh, a line that you are willing to pursue... You will be looking around for probably 20 minutes before you catch a whiff of something. <coughs> well, you also had an errand you wanted to run, didn't you? I needed a bullet. No, no. Which are a little easier to procure than a lockpicking set. Mm -hmm. The nearest trip to the uh, general armory will suffice. Um, so, Jules, how, how much time are you willing to dedicate to this? Oh, not here. I'll look elsewhere. Okay, so in that case, which of the three methods will you be 
Depends how close is the armory so you can get his bullets. An armor, uh, the, uh, let's see, in Westminster, it's, it's a fairly populated area, uh, so a general store would not be hard to find. You could probably find one by literally throwing a stone. Why don't you go ahead and give me an investigation check? Okay. We don't actually throw a stone. Investigation, that's 23. Uh, yes. <coughs> um, in fact, I do find uh, the... Um, uh, her Royal Majesty's Army Surplus Store. Um, <laughs> very, it's uh, very close Ooh, to uh, Scotland Yard. Um, and uh, any fine fatigues? And no, no. Um, you do find uh, an assortment of uh, various rapiers on display. A couple of uh, stilettos for a gentleman. A couple of snuff boxes. Um, ascots of the wazoo, and an arraignment of uh, very finely crafted handguns. And a large assortment of bullets. Nice. Um, it's uh, it is uh, two silver for every twenty-five bullets. Um, wow, that's great. Sorry, two sterling for every twenty-five bullets. Yeah, I'm not familiar with sterling. It's our silver. Okay. Is that the term we've been using? Pence. Pence is copper. Pounds are gold. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking about sterling. I don't remember. I didn't think it was sterling. Mm. Well, we can consult the sacred text later. Um, so I got the silver. Um, yeah. Silver. Okay, I'm going to spend two, two silver two as well. Two for twenty-five. Two silver for two for twenty-five. Correct. Awesome. I'm, I'm going to do that um, as well. All right. Excellent. Do we have? Um, You've cleaned him out. Great. Oh well. Then. I have twenty-five. Um. So, with that, you do also see um, uh, among the finely crafted handguns, you do see what appears to be a a modified uh, hunting shotgun. Mm. Sounds nice. <clears throat> um, I will inquire after that. Do we want to role play this, or it's up to you? How far you want. Oh, certainly. Let me uh, let me call up. I mean, we, we don't. This gentleman like, we be. don't have to role play it if yeah, we just, if we want to jump to other stuff. But if it's more about the journey than the destination. We might as well dive in. Okay. Philip Green is the proprietor of this store. He is a, a bald gentleman with a waxed mustache. He uh, stands at Jules' height, um, so not, not enormously tall for a gentleman, and uh, looks like he weighs probably, uh, let's see, is, is, is stone 100 or stone 10 in oh, regards to pounds? I'm trying to remember how to... I want to say, uh, say that a, a stone is 10 pounds. Um, so he looks... Stone is 14. 14 pounds. Okay, uh, in that case, uh, he weighs probably close to, probably close to about 20 stone. He's a very large gentleman. Um, you see uh, a couple of different uh, anchors and uh, some roiling sea dragons and a couple of mermaids are tattooed on either sides of his rather bulbous arms. I want to do an investigation so I know where he's been and what he's served. Okay. Good sir. Oh, terrible. That's too bad. It's only a nine. Oh. I rolled terribly. Oh, wow. That must have been terrible for you. I mean, that must have been like a, what, a two? Or a three. Oh, it was a three. Okay, that was close. Pretty bad. 
Um, you are able to pick up this. Despite the fact that he's running uh, a Her Royal, Majesty, Her Royal Majesty's uh, Army Surplus store, uh, he himself does not appear to have seen any combat action. Hmm. Uh, he was not a member of the Navy. In fact, as you take a close look at his hands as he's uh, handling each of the guns, they appear almost devoid of any calluses that would be consistent with someone who spent any time on the sea whatsoever and having to handle the various lines of a ship. So what we have here is either an interesting story or someone who is attempting to appear as something they are not. Mm -hmm. So, yes, uh, you wanted to see... Uh, Tell me more about that. Ah, yes, Old Glory. Old Glory. Uh, it's a... It's a new arrangement of uh, various firearms that are being uh, <laughs> that are being experimented on with uh, the uh, top scientists of all of uh, Victoria's. Uh, uh... I'm sorry, Miss. You purchased your bullets. Are you sure you don't wish to wait outside? This is a rather powerful weapon, and I would I would hate to for any sort of unpleasantness to to occur should you mishandle such a thing. I can handle it. <laughs> I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can. Um, yes. Um, though that being said, though, I do have plenty of parasols as well, if you would prefer to. No. Very well. Um, <laughs> you can see, like, big beads of sweat working their way. Blankly. Yeah, breaking their way uh, down, like, his various neck rolls and just kind of getting caught in a, in a certain crevice. Gross. Yep. Yes. yes. So, um,. It has a range of about 20 feet or so, and uh, has a... You're looking at me strangely, have you not experienced buckshot before? I could assume a firearm would have more range than 20, but... Well, you most certainly can try to aim at something beyond 20 feet, but good luck hitting it. It's uh, very good for a wide range. Oh. Yeah. If someone's within those 20 feet, you can count on them missing the upper portion of their body should it make contact. <laughs> and of course, uh, should you find yourself in a dark alley, beset upon by ruffians, well, one blow of old glory here we should clear out maybe three or four of them. How much? How much for old glory? Well, as this is an experimental weapon of my own design, uh, I would be... Willing to part with her for the measly price of uh, £200. I just look at uh, Pat, raise my eyebrows, and turn and go over to look at some knives. £200 for an experimental weapon, which may or may not explode in my own face. Oh, everything comes with the, the Philip Green guarantee. As I said, <laughs> £200 for an experimental weapon. Um, well, Mr. Green, uh, best of luck to you and your experiments. Um, it does sound like quite the weapon. Something hmm. that, uh, I hope not to meet in an alleyway. You strike me as familiar, sir. Are you a, are you a constant, uh, visitor to this part of London? I am indeed. There's just something about you that's... Did you beat me in a game of cards at the watering hole? As a matter of fact, I did. Ah! 
I knew it. I never forget a face, you see. Never. It may, uh, may sit strangely in the back, but everything comes back around when you least expect it. I don't make Especially it. when it happens to you a lot. I don't make it too often over to the watering hole as, as often as I would wish, but... You see, like, he, he he's looking inquisitively back at you, trying to do a teletake, trying to piece together exactly what you said. He's not very intelligent. <laughs> That's why she said it. <laughs> but now that you mention it, I do remember uh, playing you at cards. That was quite a... Quite a... You were, you were very close. Well, then, <laughs> let's us, let us make another arrangement, then, shall we? I will let old Gory go for a mere 70 pounds... If you also return my grandfather's pocket watch. <laughs> How about this? Uh, a rematch of uh, cards, and we uh, we see what we can wager. Give me a persuasion check, sir. Mm, I hope I'm persuasive. Nope. That's a nine. Oh. <laughs> he goes, oh, <laughs> fool me once, shame on you, fool me twice. Still shame on you. Fool me three times, though, and then I'm the one in trouble. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. The uh, the missus would have my head if I left old glory and my grandfather's watch go down the abyss, as it were. But um, if you do change your mind, uh, maybe 60 gold in my grandfather's pocket watch? It's a nice watch, isn't it? It's, it's quite... I, I, I don't suppose Jules you haven't... is shaking her head, <laughs> rolling her eyes, like <laughs> away from the guy. Yeah. <coughs> don't suppose you happen to have it on you. I, I, I would dearly love to see it again. Not on me, of course not. It's mm. too fine a, a, a article to be carrying around on. Of course. Every day. Silver laid upon gold, laid upon silver again, with the family crest of the greens. Yes, no, I, I'm quite certain that my father waits for me in heaven. Great disappointment should I die and not bequeath it on to my own. So, um, like I said, if you change your mind, I'm either here or playing cards at the watering hole. So, uh, well, it was, uh, it was Billy, wasn't it? Indeed it was. Pleasure to meet you, Mr. Green. Billy, uh, and, um, your lovely... Your wife, friend. friend, your lovely. Oh, how modern! <laughs> Philip Green, Alice, Alice, Miss Alice. So you, you take his hand. Oh no no no! I'm sorry. That see, this is the thing. That's yeah. No, totally. No, I don't. Okay, so he starts to go for your hand, and you do not extend it. He goes. <laughs> it seems you have your claws in Miss Alice. Well, Billy, <laughs> don't worry. Nothing to worry about here. As he, uh, he can't stroke any hair, so he goes to stroke his eyebrows instead. <laughs> but don't worry, I'm a happily taken man myself. <laughs> it's just like a slow, a slow turn of like, is this guy for real? Very well. Well, um. If you need anything else, and I'm going to get back to my tinkering now, so, um, good day! Good day, sir. Good day. Goes to, uh, back behind the curtain of the, that sits right behind the counter, and you start to hear, damn it! Oh, perhaps we can find that watch and end up with old glory. 
Uh, you don't suppose he has some lockpicks uh, lying around here, do you? If he does, I wouldn't put much faith in them. No. <coughs> All right. Um, so you've purchased bullets for the both of you. Yep. Um, you are still in Westminster. Yeah. Uh, as it stands, it is probably close to about 11 20, 11.30. Is when the uh, next train departs. Um, you would have to take the train. Take train. Yeah. Just getting a sense of here. All right. So, yeah. Yep. So you're going to take the train south to towards Clapham. You will then take it west through Lambeth, through Southwark through uh, Bermondsey, and then it's a straight line all the way to uh, Greenwich Station, where you will be basically equidistant from the Thames and the Royal Hospital, and uh, the edge of Greenwich Park where uh, the Greenwich Palace is, with uh, Greenwich Hospital being on the other side. Now, as this is a lengthy train ride, luckily, train tickets are a blanket price our blanket price so it'll simply be at five pence from both of you thanks pat and you will have uh let's see if it was if if by ferry if by ferry was going to get you in two and a half and that being the fastest then this uh train will probably not quite a full hour more because the train is very comparable, but I would say, I would say probably about three and a quarter hours. So it's going to be uh, it's going to be knocking on two thirty in the afternoon. Right. Um, you can take this time to uh, have some. You can choose to go to the lunch cart of the train mm -hmm. if you so wish, or you can probably should. Yeah, we probably will. Okay, excellent. Um, lunch fare on the cheaper end of things is uh, a mere three pence. Mm -hmm. Um, and that does get you a, uh, either a brew or a cup of tea with uh, a sandwich. Great. Made by the Earl of Sandwich. Oh, um, I do love it. Right, good, for, good, good on you, Mr. Earl. <laughs> Mr. Yeah. Earl. <laughs> yeah, um, so as you are on the train, is there anything that you wish to cover with one another or... Accomplish yourself. Um, since it's a long train ride, nope. uh, I just want to work my way subtly up and down the train cars over the course of the time, not like all at once mm -hmm. or whatever, and just listen, like just eavesdrop for scuttlebutt. For scuttlebutt, okay. First, go ahead and roll me a perception. Okay. Eleven. Eleven? Can you okay. roll something decent, please? Thanks. To warm it up? In that case, go ahead and roll me a d100, please. Okay. Twenty-four. On the minor happenings table. Twenty-four, you say? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, as you are doing your rounds, trying to catch hints of anything, trying to just 
ensure maybe that you're not being followed or maybe that something in the orbit of oddities that has been your constant for the past week, if there's anything that would ping the radar. Most of it, simply gossip of various high-born ladies dallying, um, certain uh, children who bear resemblances to not their fathers. And then, in the back, uh, you start hearing a young man's voice has a bit of a, a German accent. That would probably be the best way of putting it. And um, you hear him shuffling through this enormous pile of papers. And uh, one of the porters comes by with a uh, tray of covered tea beverages. And you see split second before it actually happens. The porter snag his foot on the carpeting of the, of the train floor. The tea doing pinwheels in the air before... <laughs> falling all over the German student and uh, the various papers that he had been sheafing through. Oh my, oh my God. This is not how you treat a premier mind. This is not how you treat the future of medicine. Roy, it's an accident, sir. It happens. Sorry, just... I'll have your head, I'll have your job! There's really no need for all the profanity, sir. It's, it's an accident, it's a train, it's... To be perfectly honest, you shouldn't have had all those uh, papers out. It seemed like it was a bad idea. You see uh, <coughs> the German gentleman stand up and grab the porter by the throat. Um, are there any of the papers, like, on the ground? There most certainly that? are. Okay. Um. Alright, uh... Is, is tea dripping and stuff? Uh, tea appears to be mostly on him. Okay. Um, okay, so he's grabbing the porter. Mm-hmm. Um, am I... What side of the action am I on? Am I on this... Uh, can I get to the papers, or are they in the way? Oh, you uh, you can get to some of the papers, most likely. Okay. Um, so I am going to rush up and start gathering papers not in a sneaky way not no. in a, i'm trying to peek at no, it of course. but in a like i'm gonna try to help before the before of... the tea begins to set in yeah yeah um um so i'm just gonna say oh um <clears throat> sir these papers uh, these are these are yours so he turns away from the uh porter that he's now trying to pin to the wall the porter just trying to smack his arm away and he, the moment ah. he looks away the porter does succeed in absolutely clocking him, and he goes, "Oh, you, you damn German! That's not how you treat the oh!" Hey, 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 hey! Um, so I'm now holding a bunch of the papers, and I'm going to put myself directly in between the two gents, and I'm going to turn and I'm going to stare directly in the eyes of the porter, and I'm going to say, "Go take a walk." Give me a persuasion check. Hmm. I don't know how persuasive I am. You're pretty persuasive. Oh, I am pretty persuasive. Look at me. 20. 20. Um, you see him start to... And then he looks at you, 
and you can't tell if it's that he's recognized that he was about to get physical with a woman, mm-hmm. or if he's caught your eyes with their strange amethyst coloring, and it mm-hmm. has unnerved him enough that he goes, I need to get more tea anyway. Keep your feet out of the damn aisle! And he turns and... Goes to the next card over. You now turn your attention towards the German gentleman. He has this uh, kind of sandy, sandy brown, uh, very, very well cropped hair. Mm-hmm. In that it is meticulously styled, but uh, as it gets closer to the edges of the forehead, um, there's a, an ever persistent dampness that seems to have thrown most of his bangs into complete disarray. He has these uh-huh. very wide uh, circular lens in a, in a very uh, gold-tinted frame, uh, loosely resting upon his nose, uh, the fairest dustings of a mustache and a little bit of uh, five o'clock shadow despite it being only 2.30, uh, not even 2.30, despite <laughs> it being in the age. early afternoon. Uh, you said, age... You said, uh, sorry, go ahead. Age, would you would probably estimate him in maybe mid-20s to early 30s okay. in that range. Um, build is fairly scrawny and, uh, maybe taller than you by about two or three inches. Um, he's wearing a, uh, a light brown, uh, suit jacket with a, uh, green sweater and, uh, some corduroy-esque pants that are obviously not corduroys because that was not this time period, but are fashionable if a little simple. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, he's immediately starting to look around, and he sees that you have his papers, and he goes, oh, Banka Shen Manfrau. Emil Bollenbach. Jules Walker. I don't suppose, and as Italian, and Hans, Hans von Hennen. Emil, yes. Emil Bollenbach. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, well, it is a pleasure to meet you, uh, Miss Walker. Um, thank you for your assistance. Uh, of course. This is the, the future of medicine right here, and that damn fool <laughs> almost had Earl Grey soaking into the very fabric of the future. Uh, so you're, you're a doctor? You As- aspiring doctor, yes. Ah, uh, what, what brings you to, uh, to London? Thank you. Um, I am actually uh, on a tour of uh, various mm, medical lecturers in the different hospitals in uh, your greater London area. I am following the work of uh, Dr. Heinrich. Yeah, he's uh, on tour from here, from Berlin. And, uh, well, I'm a, I'm a very large fan, but his, his research does not go quite far enough. And uh, this this has been the... the what you say is uh is a wonder dream of of my own mind for the past uh seven years sorry you said you you uh like the work of dr who dr heinrich heinrich yeah uh is, is this a is dr this a, heinrich faust is this a contemporary of, uh, of yours oh <laughs> oh to be a contemporary of dr faust no uh 
no, I merely follow the good doctor's uh, the good doctor's teachings. I, not directly, of course. He's he's very selective as to who he takes on as students. But once he sees these, he will most assuredly take well, me on as a personal apprentice. Well, I'm I'm curious. Uh, are his teachings uh, widely used? Would I have heard of them? Oh, well, are you one who believes that the human body? is not even close to living up to its full potential. Is this something that has ever occurred to Jules? I don't know. Give me a medicine check. Or a history check. Uh, oh, no. Nope. Uh, oh, it's really hard not to do Marie right now. Um, bottle of water. To be honest, it never occurred to me. That is quite fine, Montfrelein. Montfrelein. That is the same for uh, the most gross majority of the populace. Um, you see, when we look at men who are perhaps are in the military or in some sort of uh, high labor situation, you see that uh, you know they develop very strong. Um, it's English word. Uh, muscles. They as they get very large, they are able to move greater and greater things, and yet. And yet, the strongest man in the world could still not even compare to the, the raw power of, say, um, a, uh, an ape or, uh, or even a, a lion or something along those lines. It's just a natural predisposition to be weaker than these other species. Mm. Well, Dr. Heinrich believes that the only thing that is holding us back is not our physical limitations, but instead in the brain itself. That if we are able to unlock the gates within our own mind, within the physiological makeup of our brains, then we will be able to access these uh, these wells of, of infinite strength. Oh. Yeah. I suppose that makes as much sense as anything else. T true. It, like I said, it's not a widely discussed theory, but um, it is, is one that I've uh, been dedicating my life to. Is he here in London as well? Yeah, yeah, uh, he's at uh, the Greenwich Hospital. Oh, is he? Yeah, yeah, that's where I'm headed right now. Oh, are you? Yeah. Huh. You... You look intrigued, my friend of mine. It's uh, just a... Uh, small world is all. Are you heading to the Greenwich Hospital to see Dr. Heinrich Faust as well? Uh, no, I'm just heading in that same direction. Ah, well, um... And also, so thank you for helping me with uh, my papers. Perhaps I could um, buy you a sandwich. I don't have. I already had my sandwich. <laughs> I already paid for it. Um, uh, I, I, I already ate, but um, huh. perhaps we'll see you um, on the way to the uh, hospital. Lee? Uh, yeah, my, my colleague. Your colleague? Is he... Is he medically minded? Is he... What, 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 what are you, your colleague up to? Why would you be going to, to Greenwich on this time of day? Or are you just going to the park? Um, does Pat, has Pat, Pat, have you ever uh, talked to me in the past about, like, not saying who we are or what we're doing in situations like these? Because I would follow your advice on this, because I don't know if you're just like, no, we are who we are and we can say who we are, or if you're like. No, we are, we're not in disguise right now. Okay, cool. Friend. <clears throat> uh, we uh, we're detectives. We do we do detective work. 
It's always good to drum up. Detectives. Detectives. Uh, uh, as in, as in uh, officer of the law. We're more uh, private contractors, but yeah. Contractors. I'm contractors. I'm not as familiar with this uh, bird. So if you uh, had a mystery that you wanted solved, but you didn't necessarily want to go through the police, uh, you could come and hire us. But Not also, ghosts as the police, you say? But we also work with the police. So obviously if you want us to do something illegal, we not do that. Oh. You, of course, being hypothetical. Right, of course. I, w- I would never ask you to do anything illegal. No, of course not. <laughs> um, the, I, I, I kind of myself intrigued. Do you happen to have a, a, a business card or, or a place I might be able to call on the two of you? Uh, that's a good question. Do we have a business card? Sure. <laughs> I believe the business cards were practiced at <coughs> the time, so I, if, if, if Patrick has taken it upon I mean, himself to we make would, some business cards. business cards. Okay. Yep. Uh, is it unsafe to assume that I probably have a couple on me? Probably. Okay. We'll say that you have four on you at any given moment. Okay, so I'll pull out one of my four. I'll say, yeah. Dynamic inquiries, inquiries, inquiries. Sorry, my English is not um, is not the best. Be- better than my German. Uh, <laughs> well, we could rectify that, um, but uh, something tells me that uh, your your British sensibilities would not be able to grasp the full depth of my language. It is so beautiful, but with all the hacks and the hicks. Um, I will then uh, respond with the following, um, in French. I think I could, uh, well, I guess I'll do it in a French accent since yeah. I can. Um, I think I could end it if I give it a shot. And he switches over to French and he goes, Oh, you are a woman of culture. Yeah. Sorry, sorry, that came yeah. out wrong. That, that came out that, wrong. That's where I learned yeah. French was culture. Right. <laughs> well, uh, please tell Mr. Carl Patrick. That should I be needing any assistance is while I am uh, on your islands, that uh, I will be sure to call. Uh, I know you said you're aspiring, but do you have a card? Oh, <laughs> I do not. Not yet. All right, well, um, good luck with all your papers. And, of course. Um, and someday you will be able to say that you ran into Emil Wallenbach on a train to Greenwich. I will. See ya. <laughs> Auf Wiedersehen. Oh, see ya. That's not very kind to us. Peace out. <laughs> Peace. Peace out, A-Town. Till next time. Yeah. So that is what you encounter on the train. Hey, that was pretty good for a 10. Not bad at all. Okay, I'll come I'll come back and relay the... In a moment. Pat. Carl. Not yet. Yo. So help me if you have a vision right now. I'm going to have a vision. I always have visions. It's a problem. It's because I mean, you don't have a reason for fiction. True. Carl. <laughs> Jules has left to... I like this little sound effect you get going on. You haven't, you haven't fun? That is, is, it, is this now Is this now uh, octopus ASMR? Yeah, that's just you say There's an octopus coming in now. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for that. Um, as Jules has left the room... You are alone with your thoughts. A dangerous pastime. I know. I'm gonna pull out uh, 
notebook and I'm going to begin jotting down things that are going on. So I have war, famine, death, and the sight of where flipping through I see that flipping through some of my previous notes I know that the fish are out the fish aren't where they're supposed to be from our strange encounters with this mammoth in the water that's what I would assume is leading to the fish why did the Baroness show us mercy she said that I was to come under her guidance. And Father Monahan, did Father Monahan say not to? find him? Who was it who said not to find him? No, that was... It was Corvus. It was Corvus. Corvus said not to find him. Uh, it wasn't not to find him as in Corvus. No, to, to find, find the strange yeah. supernatural being. Yeah, I feel myself being pulled closer and closer to this thing. Absent-mindedly, you itch at your chest. Yep. Stupid bird nightmares. As you are trying to connect all these thoughts, one thing is for certain, as harrowing as it has been, as darkly intriguing as it all has been, you can't remember a time in your life when you've ever been as alert, where you've never, I'm not gonna say more alive, but while the haunting itch of those dragon haze and the like sit at the tip of your consciousness. You also can't help but feel that since a time before when you ever first used, your life is invigorating enough even without it. Mm -hmm. This is a puzzle that has challenged you like nothing before. You look out the window, seeing the gray, ever-shaded, ever-smog-filled home. Buildings. More buildings. Streets. 
an untold number of stories, an untold number of people milling about living their lives, and you can think with absolute certainty none of their lives are as exciting as yours is right now. <laughs> and yes, maybe you are at the beck and call of a lesser lord, but he's a good man, and he's taken care of you and of Jules. And yes, maybe you do not have the desired two letters before your name. Choices of the past have robbed you of that opportunity, but your knowledge far surpasses those who would laud about sitting in their gross <coughs> accomplishments buildings more buildings people you allow a wave of self-satisfaction to momentarily war with the fear of the unknown after all what is the unknown it is simply another puzzle to be logically approached of course logic in and of itself has been a little topsy-turvy as of late Buildings. Buildings. Darkness. Not just darkness. Silence. Be familiar, comfortable. has not just been muffled, has not just been diminished. It is gone. Darkness is outside that window. Empty voids. Give me a perception check. Over 20. That's, um... An empty void. Far flashes of lightning interrupt the darkness. <coughs> it is leagues upon leagues upon leagues away, and yet in the ever-expansive black canvas of this empty void, even the barest hint of light shines like a beacon. This blue streak piercing, tearing this page. Except... Those brief flashes of light are illuminating something. A silhouette. A mammoth silhouette. Gargantuan. Larger than the pictures of the Sphinx. Maybe larger than the pyramids themselves. Larger, certainly, than Big Ben. A large, hulking figure. 
side profile. Like a bulbous dome with tendrils, tentacles, illuminated briefly as if some sort of bastardized beard is attached to this thing. Each follicle of hair, a gross, fleshy appendage that seems to have a mind of its own. Two large, encompassing shadows seem to come off at sharp angles off of its back. And a single lightning flash seems to illuminate, illuminate thin membrane canvas that is linked by vestiges of bone and marrow. Two large wings <coughs> attached to this creature of unknown scale. Six beacons of unholy red light now see you through the darkness. It's gone. You search the darkness. Any hint? The eyes are right in front of the window. You can only perceive a full one in its entirety and maybe the, the lower hints of one of its upper ones. This red eye taking up the entirety of the window has a emerald core slit like a cat's pupil staring at you, staring beyond you. Give me a sandy check. You beat 78. Fail. The 68. This was a success. Oh. Yeah. Yep. Over. Over Zaya. Right, sorry. That's totally fine. This was a good one to succeed. <laughs> <laughs> to gain, gain control of your sanity, you back out of the of the cabinet, of not the cabinet, sorry, of the compartment, slamming the door, breathing heavily. <laughs> You're in a hallway, but it's not the train's hallway. Give me a history check. Okay. It's a small homestead hallway of a small village. In Scotland. <laughs> Little feet scurry across the hallway. A light-hearted laughter of a woman following this child's laughter. Cautiously, you make your way down the hallway. You make your way down your hallway. 
You find a window. It's not darkness. It's instead a... a serene, grassy knoll. Single tree. Gardens. Lilies. And amidst this meager but loved garden, you see a young boy, no older than four. He's running through the garden, getting low and giggling. There's a woman with bright red hair, with a blindfold. Carl. Carl. Don't let the fae find you, Carl. <laughs> oh, but you know that when the laughter rings, it's what brings the fae to come take you away! A squeal of joy erupts from this young boy as his mother chases him around the tree. She gets him. Squeals turn to screams of laughter as she ruthlessly tickles his sides. She begins to just kind of hum a Gaelic lullaby. just rocking him back and forth. You slowly turn to your side. And there he is. Six foot three. Suspenders over that stained white button down. Cold, bloodied knuckles clench the windowsill as your father looks out at you and your mother. It's all your fault she died, you know. Look at me when I'm talking to you, boy! I'm gonna walk out into the garden. He begins to try and call after you. Tries to grab you, but the assertiveness of your walk, of your purpose, makes it so that he is as if missed upon contact, his fingers fading away only to come back to solidify. He begins to scream, tearing down paintings off the wall, throwing vases of flowers. You dark begotten bastard! You ruined my life! You did! It was always you! It was always... Close the door. You make your way into the garden. Ironic that by giving me life, you ruined your own. 
<laughs> you start to run past you to the door. Carl, Carl, play with me a little bit longer. <laughs> play longer, Carl. Carl, please. You don't. You don't need to go in right now. <laughs> he begins to reach for the door. See if I can hold it closed. Give me a strength check. Nine plus probably not enough. Nine, yeah, eight. Okay. <laughs> he starts to pull it open. This small forearm, no longer than <laughs> the length of your palm to your middle finger, and yet he is slowly, inexorably, opening that door. <laughs> father's fingers claw onto the side of the door, pushing slowly as young Carl slowly opens it from the other side. That's right, boy. That's right. <sighs> Papa wants to play, too. Your mother begins to run towards the younger you. No! Keep it closed! Keep it... <sighs> Sanity check. Where is that? There's a fail. 85. Roll me a d10. Add two. Oh. You lose 12 points of sanity. That was your first failure since you developed demonomania. So, no new compulsion yet. <clears throat> Jules. Mm -hmm. <laughs> At this point, you're making your way back to your compartment. There's heavy breathing coming from the other side of the door. You open it, and Carl's wide-eyed blood coming down his nose. Damn! All right, I'm gonna reach in my jacket, um, because I'm just trying to remember exactly what I said. The Lord's Prayer? paper that's what it was okay so I, i'm gonna be like well maybe this will work um okay i don't remember it our father who art in heaven hallowed be thy name yeah i know because you know when we pray we we don't give do us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass okay, against us i won't us read it in character cool i just evil. won't do that that's <laughs> fine the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever amen
So I was gonna do it in character in a cool dramatic way, but I'm not gonna no, do no, that. No, 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 no. Go for it. Go for it. Go for it. No, you, you <laughs> took that away by being smart, Alex. So uh, Jules will start to recite the Lord's Prayer. Part. We already know. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. It's off the typing. It's fine. Yeah. You, you're just keeping it up. Um, Jules, go ahead and give me a. Um, we're gonna call it a. We're gonna call it a religion check. Oh, wow. Shit. That's a natural one. Ouch. Coo. Coo, coo, coo. You're fired. <laughs> Alright. Don't chair. There you go. We hoped these dice would be better for me, but nope, they're not. Um. Jewels! As you stumble <laughs> through the prayer, you get maybe three quarters of the way through, not even getting to Amen, and you see that there's no visible change whatsoever. Did I pray before? You had started to. Okay, okay, okay. Alright, I remember where that was. Okay. Uh, oh, Alright, um, that's not working. Uh, okay, so I'm gonna take Pat's, um, I'm gonna pull off my gloves, probably both my gloves. I'm gonna grab uh, Pat's wrist okay. by the cuff and I'm going to put his hand on top of mine where I'm wearing the ring. Okay. Um, because I know that I have not had any problems since I started wearing this ring. Mm-hmm. Not really sure if there's a correlation, but there might be. Um, so I'm going to put it on there and I'm going to be like... <laughs> and I'm going to be like... Uh, this hand is shaking. Um, and... Uh, okay, uh, uh, Pat, oh, come on, Pat, I left for like, how long was I gone? Come on, P- step out of it, step out! Give me an arcana check. Yeah. I keep asking for garbage stats. It's not that the Natural 20! Hey! Thank you, Mwah. The scream of your mother is overridden into a, come on! (laughs) Your eyes (laughs) come back, and Jules is right there, and your hand, your eyes go immediately down to her hand, where peaks of green light are emitting between her fingers, are emitting between your fingers upon her hand. Okay, as soon as he opens his eyes and there's some focus there, like, letting go, collapsing back, sort of rubbing, rubbing oh. my hands. Thank you. Not really thinking about it, putting my gloves back on over the mm-hmm. course of the next second. Oh, that was awful. Second. That was terrible. Pat, we should try to find another one of these rings, I think. Well, if, um... Mrs. Britton's calendar is correct. I believe one will be opening up next week. No, because that's this one. Hmm. If we were to get Mrs. Britton's ring now, what would happen to that ring? I think perhaps we should focus on the task at hand, which is what just happened to you. What did you see? What happened? I saw our behemoth friend. Oh. What better this time? Still. Do I want to know? 
I don't even know if I know. Mm. Massive. And mine can't. It's strange. Let me draw a picture of it later. Oh, okay. And then I was on my old home, and my terrible father was horrible. And then you woke me up, thank you. With that ring. That ring. Even through the glove, there's still the faintest hint of a green light. Hmm. Yeah, it, uh, I mean, since I started wearing it, I haven't, you know. Well, keep wearing it. It's yeah, no, I'm not taking it off. It's bringing you good luck. Or something. I'm sorry that you saw whatever you saw. Because, uh, pretty much nothing good happens when these happen to us. Um, I'll whip out a handkerchief and give it to him for blood. In the eye. A little bit. Great. Oof. Oh boy. Well, hopefully that doesn't happen. And, um, hopefully I, that's my one for the day. I'd leave to get you some tea, but uh, I'm a little hesitant to leave you alone again. Yes. Uh, well, you might be interested to know what just happened to me. Do tell. And then I'll just sum up. Why don't you go ahead and roll me uh, history to see if you've ever heard of Dr. Heinrich Faust. 15. 15. You know what? There there might have been a there might have been a, a, a section in obscure medical theories mm -hmm. in your final years of study. Um, if, if it is the same Dr. Faust, then he must be an old man indeed, considering that he was, his findings were dated, not dated, but his findings were not fresh when you studied them, if it is, if it is indeed the same man. Man, he sold his soul to the devil. That's a difficult bargain. Yes, I, 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 I liked the point to me, by the way. Thank you so much for that. I, am I the devil in this case, or am I... No, I just assume, you know, we have a... Dr. Jekyll, yes, you Dr. are, Jekyll because you're the Hyde. DM. It's fair enough. Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde, which we can't reference. In, you in are God so and the devil that. when you're the DM. Oh, say it again. No, okay. not when you ask me to like that. <laughs> <laughs> you are the DM. I heard a loud thud just now. It was probably my oh, arm, on, okay. arm on the table. Gotcha. Um, hmm. It is Cthulhu. So, Great. Dr. Faust, he's been he's very old, if he's still practicing. I don't know. Not my expertise. Hmm. Anyway, um... So we might be running into him because he's going to the hospital just like we are, and he might be calling upon our services sometime in the future. We'll see. Excellent. 
Oh. Seems like a nice if edgy bloke. Mm -hmm. All right. Is there anything else you wish to accomplish for the remainder of the chain ride? I think that's quite enough. Excellent. I'd like to not, you know, have my face turn into a bird and, you know, my childhood trauma just, you know, play out before my eyes. You know, just the normal, the, the normal thing that everybody wants. Settle should, down, have a family. He is binge eating pickles right now. That's good. That's good. That means I'm doing my job. Uh -huh. um, all right. So you arrive in Greenwich Station. Comfort food. Around 2.30 in the afternoon. Uh, as I've said, it is you are about equidistant away from the Greenwich Palace and the Royal Hospital, which is around the 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 <laughs> the shore of the Thames, mm -hmm. uh, and you are a bit further away from Greenwich Hospital, which is on the other side of Greenwich Park. Well, we're going to we're going to the Royal one, though, right? We're going to the Royal first. All right. Okay. Excellent. Um, by by foot from Greenwich Station, it, it shouldn't take you that long. Maybe twenty minutes. So, uh, shortly before 3 o'clock in the afternoon, with some change, uh, you arrive at the, the, the white, uh, the white-stoned uh, institution that is the Royal Hospital, and you make your way into the receiving area, mm, okay. where, uh, a woman in a white apron, gray dress, and, uh, a very familiar type of white hat, uh, sits before a great book, and she seems to be uh, discussing things with um, a, a dock worker who's uh, grabbing his hand, and he has a very nasty, uh, what appears to be festering rope burn, rope burn on his palm. Mm -hmm. uh, and she's like, Sir, if I've told you once, I've told you 30 times. The good doctor will be in with you in just a moment, but unfortunately there are some more pressing issues. He's in operation right now. And what am I supposed to do with my hands? Because I can't exactly work any of the rigging like this, now can I? Sir, I'm going to ask you very kindly to not raise your voice at me. Well, you, you can't help me, then what the bloody damn well can you do? I can do this. Orderlies! Two rather larger men in white clothes start to uh, come up to the, the sailor. He goes, ah, it, you know, it's, it's fine, I can... Just sit over here, then? Yes, if you don't mind. Of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Just, uh, I'm right here. Slowly losing my hand. And uh, he sits down and proceeds to start wrapping a, a dirty cloth around it again. Uh, excuse us. Um, is there some sort of convention going on here today? Oh. Uh, I'm afraid you might have the, the wrong hospital, dear. That would be the Greenwich Hospital. Damn it. Is, is, is everything quite all right? Wait. I knew that. I didn't, I didn't know we wanted to go to the... Yeah, there was a convention going on. Well, I, I knew that the, 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 up, the out of character... I knew that the young doctor and I would have said... Was going to Greenwich Hospital. Was going to Greenwich Hospital well, for some kind of event. There, but I didn't know there was an event of doctors going there. Oh, sorry. I thought. Yeah. I'd picked up on that. And no, you, I thought that I would have relayed that. No. So, so um, he was simply. <coughs> so you you knew that um, Doctor Heinrich was at Greenwich, and you knew that Emil was going to Greenwich Hospital. But I didn't necessarily know there was a convention. Correct. Okay, then I feel better. Okay, then that's okay. Great. 
Thank you. Good day. We need to get to Grant's Hospital. No. Uh, of course, have a 50-50 have chance and we picked the wrong 50. Have a good day! What, why are we trying to find a convention? Because the letter says the door to death is filled by those who wish to keep it at bay. Oh. There must be many, many doctors at this event where we will find death. I mean, I just there's and lots more of doctors death, at the hospital anyway, but oh, all right, more I'm death with you. Shall Jorge. Time alone will stop as much. So I assume you're on the I'm, move. I'm, and, we're on yeah. the move while we're doing this. Will you be trying to I'm, hail a cab, or I'm, are you going, going to? I'm going. How far is it? So, um, from so from the so royal. We walked twenty minutes here, so that's probably like forty minutes. Yeah, we need a cab. Okay. Gotta get there quick. Great. Um, uh, give me a performance check, both of you. Not me. That's a seven. Seventeen. Right there, you go. Excellent. Um, you're able to hail a cab. Uh, after about the third one goes by, Carl. Mm -hmm. He, looking like he was about ready to just jump in front of the next one, um, you open your fan and uh, do a quick motion, and that's enough to pretty much. Pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the leg. Um, okay. Um, I'd like to. Um, I don't know. I'm I'm hypothesizing. We're in the cabbie. Okay. Um, Five pence, by the way. Thank you. Got that. Um, I'm hypothesizing. The door to death is filled by those who wish to keep it at bay. Whatever death is, there are many doctors. Mm -hmm. More death shall follow his. There's going to be something that's going to happen after he dies, and time alone after will stop its march. Someone? Death. Death is going to die, and so are the people at that convention. Time must stop its march. There's a bomb. Oh. He is a time bomb. Oh. So this time he's not killing... One, he's killing many. Oh, he, is, he is death this yeah, time. He, whoever's behind all this. Although we thought it was Father Monaghan. Oh, are we not on that train anymore? Father Monaghan may be. You're in a, you're in a cab. <laughs> you're funny. Father Monaghan may be possessed by the same demon who's Oh, that's right. Sorry. This. Okay, so we'd said that probably. Wow, it really has been a while, hasn't it? We'd said that probably whatever's possessing Father Monaghan probably has a. May be able to fingers in many pots. Yep. That's what we'd said. Oh, great! Oh, I'm a little sad. I remember that now. Mm -hmm. All right, so rewind. Jules would remember that. Yep. Because for her, it's been no, 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 no. hours. Exactly, exactly. Yep. For us, it's been weeks. Yep. Like a month. Yeah. Not quite a not quite a month. Not quite a month. No, but close. It was right before I started school, and I'm right in my, we I'm in my Disney. third week of school. So, anyway, um. Has been a while. So I'm I'm hypothesizing. We should have just followed the doctor guy. Sorry. Oh, I feel really bad if he dies. He seems so excited about his paper. So, um, ten minutes later, uh, you arrive at Greenwich Hospital, and sure enough, you do see that there are a few other carriages that are dropping off, various white-coated individuals, and some in suits. And uh, they all seem to be going towards the uh, the uh, kind of red building sitting in an inlaid park, um, the, the Greenwich Hospital and Asylum. Um, 
and uh, as you enter the uh, steel gates, the blackened steel gates, and you begin making your way, you see that the double-wide doors in the front are interrupted. The walkway is interrupted by a, a rather large uh, table with a white linen cloth. Numerous uh, little placards and uh, name tags that seem to be uh, resting upon it. Uh, little folded piece of paper. And uh, in front is uh, yet another nurse, though this one, she, she's been around the bend. She has many lines except for one really big hairy mole right on her cheek. Uh, she's got these huge brown eyes that have very, very deep bags underneath them and uh, stock white hair that is tied into a big bun. Um, and she is, has foregone the typical uh, head accoutrement and is instead uh, still in a nurse's uniform, but she does appear to be having like a little kind of like a gold rope around her neck, uh, signifying that she's a little higher up the food chain. And as you, uh, you approach, she goes, Head nurse Linda Holmes, welcome to the Greenwich Hospital and Asylum. What um, name, please? We're here on official uh, business from Scotland Yard. Oh. We believe that this uh, convention is in danger. Now, um, have any, besides us... In, d in danger, you say? Yes, we believe that there's going to be an attack. Have an attack? Ha good good any gracious. Give me a persuasion Madam. check. That was 17 plus. Okay. Madam, has it, have any persons checked in who are not on the register? In None besides patients, my dear, but... Uh, Were any packages brought or delivered for the convention? Packages? There were, there were a couple that uh, did have the, uh, the um, surgery <coughs> tools of um, <coughs> Dr. Michael Veers. Um, he, he had sent for his things from uh, the... Uh, Where were those packages taken? Well, they would have been taken to the... To the uh, the Michael operating theatre. Dr. Michael Veers. The operating theatre. Um, yes. Uh, you said patients. There's a patient who will be operated on at this convention? Oh, I certainly hope not, but um, there was a new patient that was uh, brought in. A slew of them, actually. It appears there was a bit of a, a change up down at the Thames. Uh, one, one ship ran to another. The Royal, the Royal Hospital was full up, so they shipped a few of them over to us. Um, She's going to roll history. Though there was there was one fellow who uh, didn't look like he was in a boating accent. He was, it was <laughs> honestly he looked more like he had come from Egypt. He was all wrapped up. R wrapped up? What do you mean? Uh, all, all in gauze, my dear. He was. Uh, it looked like he was um, dealing with some sort of uh, lesion. He was. Um, he was. He was in a wheelchair. So. Can't quite remember who brought him in though. He must have been brought in with everyone else, though. Anyway, uh, for those of uh, the ones with the more dire wounds, uh, were brought right into the various operating tables, and um, believe he is probably still in the waiting area, though. We'd like to see him. Oh, um, of course. Uh, Cheryl, Cheryl, and a younger nurse. Yes, Miss Holmes. Um, Cheryl, I'm, I'm going to need you to take over uh, signing in the rest of the uh, the doctors. But, but Miss Holmes, this is this is your duty. I understand it's my duty and my privilege. However, uh, something a little bit more pressing has come up. Um, please do as you're told, Cheryl. Uh, of course, Miss Holmes. Um, 
Right, uh, if you wouldn't mind stepping aside. Uh, hello, sir. Uh, <laughs> name, please. And uh, Linda Holmes immediately says, Right, follow me then, dears, please. Begins to lead you into the uh, main area. You enter um, the, the main receiving room of the hospital, and you see that uh, there are two distinct wings, one that leads off to the asylum aspect, one that leads off to the hospital. And um, as she uh, approaches the, the front desk, you see her looking around. Give me uh, either a perception or investigation. That perception. Incredible. 15 plus 8. Uh, 15. Okay. The both of you see about four different gentlemen who look like the same guy from the Royal Hospital, covered in various rope burns. Some of them have huge, massive, um, splintered wood. Uh, jutting out of parts of them. None of them look particularly life-threatening, um, though you do see one guy holding his uh, eye as uh, blood is leaking out, is leaking down. And uh, a nurse seems to be wrapping gauze around the, around that part of his head. Um, Matilda! Matilda! Uh, oh, yes, Miss Holmes. Where's the, um, where was the gentleman who was in the wheelchair? <coughs> the gentleman who was in the wheelchair? Y yes, the, the, the one who was brought in with everyone else. Oh, um, I believe Dr. Veers took him towards the, uh, towards the operating theater. Operating theater. Of course, of course, of uh, course. To the left, third hallway down. Run. Yep. Okay. You begin to sprint. You okay. follow her instructions. And sure enough, you see a couple uh, doors with uh, misted uh, white pane, uh, not white pane, misted pane glasses. Uh, kind of giving that like that little textured effect, mm -hmm. so that uh, like I think a shower stall door. Mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> it's locked. Great. I don't have my lock picking set. No, you don't. Um, bang, bang, bang. Hey, uh, I'm a little busy at the moment. Sir, I need someone to open this door immediately. I need to inspect the the patient you are operating on. I haven't begun operation yet. Good. Stop. Open the doors. Good God, man. Do you understand that you're interrupting a, a bit of a demonstration at the moment? Click, yes. Click. Boom. Okay. Um, uh, give me an advantaged attack with your with your pistols. Come on. 17 plus. Uh, 18. 6. <laughs> yeah. Great. Roll for damage. Um, seven plus, hold up, I remember how I did smite. Okay. Okay, seven plus, uh, 2d8. Uh, so, uh, 15. Oh. Uh. <laughs> You're good. Yeah, yeah, You're good. Uh, there's now a big gaping hole where the locking mechanism once was. And I'll um, just kick it open. Great. Um, so, <laughs> doors open up, and you see uh, a, uh, a man with uh, stark black hair that's been parted right down the middle. Um, very small, we'll call it a chaplain, mm -hmm. a chaplain-esque mustache. Um, uh, 
bright blue eyes, uh, holding up his hands uh, as uh, an assistant is seeming to be scrubbing them mm -hmm. with um, a, a cloth and sponge. And he's wearing a black uh, leather apron. Mm -hmm. um, and as you enter this room, you see that there are uh, stands yep. that go up about four levels uh, in this kind of octagonal-esque room. And all the stands are looking down at this table where uh, currently there is no one. But next to the table is a wheelchair. And uh, in the wheelchair is a man, is a figure, completely wrapped, wrapped head to toe in bandages. Um, in this theater, there are about 12 people. Uh, most of them are men, with the exception of uh, one woman who is um, sitting next to a very old-looking man in a white coat. Um, Here's, uh, good God, man! What's the meaning of this? Uh, everyone, calm down. We're, we represent Scotland Yard. We're here While on official business. This, I'm just immediately <clears throat> going to start to do like a canvas. I'm going to need. Okay. I'm going to walk gonna around. Need, I'm looking uh, for any signs of anything. Listening for. Ticking for anything. Great. Go ahead and give everyone me a within check 20 or investigation. Everyone within twenty feet of me. Uh, I'm gonna be doing nothing to see your folks. Calm yourselves. Yep. But then you do a charisma save thirteen. Okay. Trying to suppress. It's just a fourteen. <coughs> okay, that's one failure, one success. Two more successes. Two more failures. Two more failures. <coughs> Two more failures. And two more failures. So, literally, um, it's uh, the first doctor who was looking like he was getting ready, um, the old man, the young woman, and then a, another uh, man who is of uh, middling age with, um, with a streaked uh, blonde and white hair um, and a, a rather large bushy beard. Um, they... You see, as you are saying this, as you are speaking these words, you have to do your best to school your features because you see wisps of mm -hmm. green smoke coming out of your mouth and starting to encircle the majority of these people's heads. But you see that for some of them, the green smoke begins to go and then there's a, just a brief little whiffing motion before, the, before it dissipates. Cool. And you're going, okay, that's new, but okay. A lot of the people just seem to be, oh, that seems a rather an extreme reaction, but okay, here for the ride. What was your roll? 14. 14? No ticking. Nothing, nothing really of note. Okay. All right, um. The one who has his gloves goes, well, it's, the whole room's contaminated anyway now. <sighs> My name is Dr. Michael Veers, and I demand that you explain what you've done in here. Dr. Veers, uh, I have received a threat against uh, this convention, and I'm here to attempt to avoid it. <sighs> I, I believe that this patient of yours is somehow uh, going to trigger a an event, a weapon of some sort that would cause great
great damage and harm to everyone in this room. <laughs> this patient right here. Don't be ridiculous. I brought this patient in my... I brought this patient in my... Myself. Doctor, what is the... What is the, the patient's symptoms? What is the... What is the purpose of this surgery? It's, uh... I was going to... I was going to demonstrate the, 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 new, the new exploratory te techniques to determine the cause of death, but the, the, this, this man is, is clearly alive. Why? Why did I bring him in here? Well, Do Dr. Swan! Dr. Swan! And you see the gentleman with the bushy beard and the, the uh, white blonde hair. And he goes, Dr. Veers, you, you, had, you had insisted that this man was already dead. In that we were going to be treated to your to your new techniques that you've been developing with uh, with Doctor Heinrich. What, what, what is it? Uh, what, what is it? What did someone say? We are going to be doing my new techniques. Yes, my doctor. Yes, my. Except um, this Englishman right here is uh, paying, telling us that the, the demonstration must be delayed. Oh, oh, that is too bad. That is too bad indeed. Um. Oh. Oh, well, uh, what is, what, what, what are we doing now then? I, I don't know, Doctor. And so, you see that Dr. Veers is having still very much a, why, do, why no, is he do, here? Dr. Heinrich, Dr. Uh, Heinrich, uh, what is the nature of your new technique? My technique? The nature of my new technique is to... Embolden the human experience by seeing what it is that holds us back so detrimentally. Basically, by seeing what went wrong with this man, we can then prevent it in all the other men. That is, it's simplified. It is a very thorough examination, looking at it bit by bit, building blocks to build a strong building, as it were, sir. So it's merely a, a dissection? Yes, that is merely all this is. But if he's alive... Well, he's not alive. He's clearly dead. He's not moving, is he? I can't quite see from here. <coughs> Can I go, like... Most certainly. I'm going to, like, try to unwrap his head a little bit so we can look at this guy. Okay. As you approach the body... Mm-hmm. Mm. Your passive perception is pretty high, if I'm remembering correctly. 13. Okay. As you start to go for the head wrappings, you do hear... Okay, then I am going to... Are you... He's definitely alive! And I'm going to start unwrapping him. Okay. At least just the head. Carl, are you coming over while she does this? Um... Okay. Something, this is not right. Something's not right. Carl, I want you. <laughs> trying to figure out how I want to do this. Oh boy. Carl, what are you going to do as she's starting to unwind the head? Um, I'm. Uh... You have time for exactly one skill check before she begins to unwrap him. Oh, I'm really scared right now. 
I will uh, paint you. I will paint you a little bit more of an of a in depth word picture here. This is a man, a body, an individual, wrapped from head to toe in gauzed bandages. He's not moving. What is your passive investigation? Let's see if I, my passive investigation is 16. 16? Okay, that is enough for this one thing then for free. The bandages appear to have bloody splotches with fair regularity. Not freshly bleeding, like gushing blood, but grimed, bloodied patches throughout. He is seated in a wheelchair. Mm-hmm. He is not scrambling, but Jules heard him going, and said that he is alive. You have time for one action before she unravels. Okay, um, I'm going to say... You know uh, what I think, but there's no reason in the world why Jules would think it. Exactly. I'm going to um, tell the patient... Um, don't move. I'm going to try to intimidate him or using my spell um, to have this person remain motionless and paralyzed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that needs to make a wisdom 13. Um, and I will pull out. Um, I'm like holding the band and like. My dagger. Mm-hmm. And I shall. So I, I'm using. My action is to cast that spell to intimidate. And he I'm fails. Going, I'm going to be ready to start um, cutting bandages, so we don't have to dispense. So we can dispense with the wrapping of things to try to slice down. So I'll be I'll be getting ready to do that. Okay. Yeah. Spell mm-hmm. as you say, don't move. Once again, you see, and it, you see it briefly, fully envelop him, and there's still he's going. Mm, mm. Jules, give me... Does it stick? It sticks. Okay. Jules, give me an insight check. Okay. Disadvantaged. Oh, boy. Need to bring you back in, but here we go. Um, I rolled two 18. Hey, there uh, you go. Beautiful. 18. Okay. You get to the eyes. You wrap around from the eyes. And you see that they are uh, a very dark, uh, very dark, kind of like a honeyed brown almost. But they just have this, uh, whether it's the shadows of of the of a of a dark bushy eyebrow or or anything along those lines. Um, the eyes are looking at you, and they are frantic. But with him looking at you. And with you having that, and with an 18, and him going, mm, mm, you all of a sudden hear he's going, mm, 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 mm. Oh, oh, I think he doesn't want us to unwrap him. Mm-hmm. Should we take you outside? I'm going to, I'm going to say to everyone in the in the theater, I'm going to say, um, gentlemen, uh, it is imperative that you vacate the premises as we believe this patient is either toxic 
or is set to explode. Now, uh, if you would do so in an orderly manner, that would be most appreciated. Give me a persuasion check. Come on, persuasion. Good. That's so close to being good. It's not good. Not good at all. Five. Um, Dr. Michael Veers goes, Sir, I understand that you are here on urgent business, and I don't quite know why this man is here, but ultimately he is my patient, and I will remain here. Uh, I'm still on the guy. Yep. A couple of them. A couple of them do file out, but basically what's left behind is the woman, Dr. Heinrich, Dr. Swan, Dr. Veers, and then two other men. If we unwrap you, will something bad happen? Hmm. Hmm. Time alone will solve this mess. Should we take him outside? I mean, we're in a hospital. Mm-mm. 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 All right, don't take him outside. What on earth? Time alone. Okay, he's looking He's looking down, Pat. Sorry, I just said it. Yep. Pat, he's looking He's looking down, so I'm going to look down and try to see what he's looking at. Okay. Give me an investigation. Okay. Ugh, I'm just not a very good investigator. Uh, I mean, no, it's a five. Pat! Pat, come help me, please. What? Mm. I mean, I know what he's looking at, but yep. Jules doesn't. <laughs> Investigation. Well, they're all better than you, so not much. Eight. Okay. We're gonna die. Hmm. Dr. Beers is gonna come over. Great! We're all gonna die. This is where we die. End of campaign. It was fun. It was really good, Robo. I really enjoyed it. <laughs> <coughs> oh, thank God. Okay. 16. Okay. Um, it's, it's especially painful because I know what it is. Yep. Dr. Veers comes over and he's looking at the patient's eyes going downwards, going downwards, going downwards. There's something wrong with his hands. Should we unwrap your hands? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Don't unwrap the hands. Now that you have brought it brought to your attention, you're able to look down at his hands, and you see that on each center of the palms, of the top, top of the hands, yeah. there is a almost perfectly circular blood stain. Curiosity drives you. You look underneath the armrests mm-hmm. of these wheelchairs. You see the faintest point of a nail. He has been nailed to this wheelchair. And now that you are right at his hands, you see that his fingertips are visible. Patrick, give me give me either a medicine or an investigation check. Can I help? You may. Okay, I'm going to help you. So roll with advantage because neither of those other stabs for me. Yeah, Dr. Veers is a little shaken now. 19. 19 was just what you needed, sir. One by one was just what you needed by one. Garbage. Okay. Jules, you can go ahead and roll me 
I roll a nat 20 on where the queen was born. Exactly. So <laughs> Jules, why don't you go ahead and later. give me another investigation while while I'm telling this him. Um, oh, eight. You only needed five for this one, oh, so great. that's good. You see that the fingertips are clenched and slightly bulbous. As you look closely at the nail beds, you see that the top section of the digit of the finger is blackened. And there are these strange whitish, yellowish pustules oozing out of the nail bed. Um, on top of that, uh, the, the nails themselves have gone almost completely a dullish gray in color. Patrick, you have seen this in your textbooks mm -hmm. before, and you've been blessed to have never seen it in person. Mm -hmm. You recognize that this is a symptom uh, known as acrogangrene. And Patrick, acrogangrene hasn't been seen in London for nearly 300 years. Acrogangrene is a sign of the plague. And we are going to go ahead and quickly pause here. And we're back. Jules, what did you roll? I don't. I told you, and you said I only needed a five, so I oh, rolled a five. Oh, did you? Did you roll? Oh, you rolled an eight. Right. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Um, you, as you're looking around him. You uh, move from the armrests of the wheelchair to the back of it. And you don't know how anyone could have missed this. But then again, maybe it's because no one was looking for anything. You see that there is a... Uh... Hmm. A matchbook has been taped to the back of it. Mm-hmm and written on this very simple matchbook are the words him or them. And Carl, the last bit to let you know was that in the hand that is clenching it's a little folded piece of paper. K L A two S four. Familiar. S A two four. Jules, do you share what you have found? Um. Him or them? It's on a matchbox. <coughs> Dr. Veers begins to approach again. What? What, is, what does that mean, him Don't or them? Stand back, Doctor. He's giving us a choice. Who, the, the patient? No. No. 
I'm gonna look around the room. Is there a clock in the room, like a big clock? Um, thankfully for Jules, uh, no one has really uh, been paying attention to it. But it was over the door that you came in. There's a. You try to see if there's, like, anything unusual about it. Maybe there's something behind it, but no, it looks like it's one of those fancy ones that have been, like, built into the wall itself. Well, good God, man, what's the... What, what choice? Who is this? We don't know. Um, I want to uh, look in the matchbox. Can't like, are there matches in it? There are. Okay. Um. What what exactly are we supposed to do with the choice? Like, unwrap it, unwrap and give everyone the plague, or the what? The plague. This, oh. this patient has the plague. Sorry, I don't know that. Okay, gotcha. And Jules doesn't know that unless you told her. Not yet. Okay, so... Um, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Un unwrap him and blows everyone up? Or? I do not recommend unwrapping him. As All right. highly contagious. Uh, at oh. that, you see Dr. Veers go from slight panic to very serious. He goes, what, what do you mean contagious? What What are the symptoms? This patient has acural gangrene. Acural? Acral. Acral gangrene. The yellow pustules in the elbid. Clenched bulbous fingers. You see him now looking... As you, as At you the... can see the blood, the blood pattern he has, verbose on his lymph nodes. I'm, I am a pathologist, sir. I, I do know my diseases, but how, why, why, why couldn't I see this? What? 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 What do you say he has? They're saying he has the, the plague, doctor. <laughs> that is very humorous. There hasn't been a case of the plague in this area of the world for hundreds of years. At least none that uh, could, um... He is putting off a rather off-putting aroma. You see, slowly the eyebrows start to come up as his eyes start to open. He goes... If he truly has the plague... We have all been in a room, an enclosed room with him, for the past 20 minutes. Excuse me, young man. Are any of the postures exposed to the open area? Not, not, the, uh, not the fingertips, but are there any areas of the body that has the, the, the bright red bubbles? Have any of them popped? If any of them have, they are under gauze and wrapping. Well, I strongly urge we do not handle the gauze. In fact, I strongly advise that we do not handle him at all. There's nothing to be done for him. It's to just put him out of his misery. Um, I'd like to do a medicine check. Just to... Go for it. Yeah. What are you trying to determine? Well, I know that if he has a strong enough constitution... Mm -hmm. All he needs is liquids and time. Mm -hmm. 
that's a 16 plus medicine, which is it says a 21. Okay, with a 21, you do know that that is what he would need. You also know that he is, as you said before, highly contagious. Mm -hmm. What this man needs is quarantine. In fact, you recommend we do that, sir. Talk we, to Heinrich. We are in our hospital. Exactly. Slowly, like, all the heads turn towards him. Talk to Heinrich. We, we are, we're in a perfectly functional facility. Oh. Very well. Go ahead. Take the risk. Matters not to me. Let me see. Um, Dr. Swan begins to lean forward and goes, this human life we're talking about. We, we've all taken Hippocratic Oath. We, we cannot intentionally bring harm. It is not harm if it is to save the general populace, sir. Hmm? Yeah, but we don't even know how we was exposed to... We would be killing the man for no good reason. I am not advocating for killing the man. I am advocating for nipping a pandemic in the bud. Doctor, perhaps you're being a, a tad harsh. I am just a visiting, visiting physician. I have no business here one way or the other. Do, do I, did I notice that his hands were nailed to the wheelchair? You did. Uh, well, quarantine's all great nap, Pat, but someone will have to unwrap him and get, you know, him detached from the chair. Is there something for someone to where to, to do that? Not more than just a mask and some sort of cloth covering over the face. Perhaps a alcohol solution upon the hands afterwards, but no, no more than any surgery. Carl, give me one more investigation check. Brilliant. 18 plus 6. As you are talking about this, about the steps that one could do to mitigate the risk of this admittedly horrible disease, but but treatable, as long as it's contained, as long as it's controlled, like there's no reason. And as you're looking at him, much like how the ring on Jewel's hand faintly glowed mm -hmm. beneath the glove, where each bloodstain is, there is a faint faint green glow. Um, I'm going to stand in front of the guy um, and say I'm sorry mm. I don't mm. Mm. gentlemen I believe Dr. Heinrich, uh, Heinrich is correct there is little more that we can do for him at this time might I advise the conference take a quick tea 
can we adjourn for now? Jules, will you be doing anything to assist him in this persuasion? Yeah. Um, um, I'm going to say we all need to get out now. He's like taking the scholarly approach. I'm taking like the no okay. nonsense. You can roll persuasion. You roll intimidation. 19. Mm, 10. Okay. Um, so that is a total of 29. So. Uh, yep. Oh, oh, it was close though. Okay. Um, uh. So as uh, as people begin to file out, um, you see Dr. Heinrich is beginning to try to get closer to the man. So my doctor guy that I met before, or aspiring doctor, is not here. He Correct. Be. Okay. Or he's not. No. He was never in here. <coughs> you're right. You're sorry. When you said you're aspiring well, doctor well, guy, well, I yeah. thought you meant your your personal physician for whatever reason. No. Yeah. No. He is not. He is not here yet. Okay. Yep. Um, he's looking. Oh, well, my apologies, young sir, madam. Mm. Do not worry, we will... Eh, he turns around and he starts to walk away. Um, the last of them have filed out. If Dr. Veers is one of the last... He there, is. I'm going to say... Doctor, what's the last thing you remember? Last thing I remember was, um... Head Nurse Linda Holmes had just uh, informed me that there was a large influx of, uh, of patients needing assistance. Uh, there had been some sort of um, button crash on the Thames. Mm -hmm. I remember... I remember an old woman. She was in a black dress, and she was, she was pushing the wheelchair. She had pushed him to the, to the head of the group, and I told her to, I told her to, to go to the back of the line. Next thing I know, you were shooting down my door. I, I believe you were put under some sort of hypnosis, Doctor. What did the woman look like? Uh, how features? Uh, old, um, thin, white hair, black dress. And she had a, like a, not a full, like a wedding veil, but a, she wore a, a very small black hat with a little bit of black lace in the front. Um, Honestly, it looked like she was in mourning. Great. Perfect. Okay. <laughs> um, does Jules remember what I remember? Give me a history check. Oh, those are not great for me. I'll let you make it with advantage. Yay! Well, 
Did nine. you beat an eight? I did! Okay. I did beat an eight! I got a nine! Cannonball charge in him. Very apt choice of words. Yes. This hospital has been standing for. Is there, is, there, is there nothing we can do? We'll continue to work on that while you evacuate everybody. Let's hope we're wrong. Very well. Very well. I'll. Good God. And um, you see him leave the room. There isn't much time. Did the woman do this to you? His eyes go up and down. That is, yes. yes. Mm. <laughs> the eyes go up and down again. <laughs> Are you from here? Are you from England? Mm. Yeah. Eyes up and down. <clears throat> Sir, I'm sorry for what has happened to you. I will do my best to find out who and what has been done to you. I don't dare to remove your gag. <laughs> we will do our best to find and notify your family as to what has happened. <laughs> I'm trying to say... You don't want us to notify your family? <laughs> starts to try and shake, looking frantically at his hands once again at the mention of family. Um, I'm going to uh, pull out some ether. And cast. This is ether. Don't inhale on him. Um, so, if I, I need to roll... I will look at his hands as safely as I can. Yeah. Um, the moment he sees you start to bend down. Mm-mm. 
Are you about to die? Do, do we need to go? I have no idea what he's trying to say. I figured. He's singing Amazing Grace right now. Well, now I know he's singing Amazing Grace. I don't know what he was trying to say before. The mm -mm. There are a lot of two-syllable words out there. Yes, there are. What was the last thing that you had mentioned before he started? Family. Right. What about family? He can't really answer beyond yes or no. That, wasn't, that wasn't Jules. That was me. Yeah. Uh, if he's got um, less than 26 hit points, he is asleep. Do, do they have your family? <clears throat> you don't have family. <coughs> you want us to find your family. <coughs> that, what? He was trying to tell us something. Obviously. I think you're getting better. At what? In investigating. We, what yeah. I mean is, what? <laughs> you! Ugh. Why did you put him to sleep when I was trying to get some information? Why are we mm. getting information when I pulled out ether? And said, inhale this. This is ether. But so I'm just walking away now. This wasn't a choice that was made by us. And this wasn't a choice that we could win. Yeah. Yeah. The person who did this will answer for it. He was dead before he got here. His heart just happened to continue to beat. I'm joking, oh I'm joking, God. I'm joking, I'm joking. Oh my gosh. I'm joking. Um, okay. Um, at so this I'll point in time. I'll probably glance back at the now sleeping fellow and then make my way out. Yeah. As you both leave, I meant to ask you this earlier, I need you both to give me a DC 14 constitution saving throw. Jules, you are fine. You, you don't have a plague. Oh, great. Don't worry, I just have another incurable disease. It's fine. Carl, can you roll a d4 for me, please? No. I mean, if you have the plague, I'm also screwed, so... Four. Okay. Let's see, today's the 25th. <coughs> Make a note of the 29th for me, will you, please? Oh, great. As you both leave... But Friday, that's date night. As you both leave the uh, operating theater, making your way now down the scarce hallways of Greenwich Hospital, just the echoing footsteps and your dynamic duo leaving, buddy note in hand, Silence. Did you both give me a perception check? Mm. 
You know my passive is incredible. Thirteen, not twenty. Natural twenty. I always get them at the worst moment, except the twenty-eight. <laughs> okay. You get to the door that leads to the main area where uh, Nurse Linda Holmes had first instructed you. And Jules, as you open the door, um, you prepare to step through. Carl, you're hot on her heels when you hear running footsteps. As you turn around to look back up the hallway, you see Dr. Michael Veers sprinting from a parallel corridor back into the operating theater. Um... Okay. Go for it. 19. Oh Hit. Roll damage. Pat! Um, where'd you go? Oh no, I put my... Why'd I put it in there? No! You can't do a constitution throw. That's a 19 plus 2. But he doesn't stumble. Definitely uh, eleven points of damage. Okay. Um, I'm gonna say, uh, Doctor Virus, get stay back. He's in. You begin to hear. <laughs> 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 Followed by <laughs> Smoke begins to come out into the theater. We must have been possessed too. We gotta go. We go back in there with dead Pat. Or sick, and then dead. I want you to both give me a sanity check. Failed. 20? Failed by one. Failed by one. Oh, Pat, rough day for you. Bad day. Roll a d4, add one. I got another fear. Two. Two? Okay. So we only lose another two sandy points. Where are you? Ah, there you are. Where are you? Points so sorry. Go ahead and roll me. D100, please. Sixty. Sixty. Are you freaking kidding me? Is it also of clocks? No. Not a perfect one. Patrick, you now have uh, 
Mysophobia. Fear of dirt or contamination. Great. Incredible. Incredible. I'm, oh my I, God. I, that's, that's two for two. That's two for two. That's absolutely ridiculous. As the fear grips you, she's absolutely right. You can't go in there. You'll be unclean. You'll be contaminated. Yeah. It, it, it can't happen. The smell of ham. Gross. Of bacon. Gross. Begins to waft down the hallway, middled with the smell of gunpowder and formaldehyde. The muffled screams die out. About a minute later. Sprinting back into the hallway. Dr. Michael Veers. On fire. Hot! It's hot! Put it We're not in there still. We're definitely out of the building. Okay. By this point. In that case, this is just the omniscient viewer. He runs down the hallway. Evacuated by his own design. What middling sanity was stolen from him returns to nothing but pain, flame, and death. As the two of you exit the hospital, large crowd of doctors still trying to help orderlies and nurses with patients on various gurneys. The asylum, a symphony of screams and laughter. These final moments, these final thoughts are yours. Um, is the building starting to collapse? It is not. Okay. Um, but we could smell things burning. Flesh. Okay. Um, so, actually, what's going through people's mind is, like, they're going to have to make some calls to get people to transport all of these folks to that other hospital they've been to. Even if they don't have a ton of room, it's better than the lawn <laughs> outside where uh, there's just a case of the plague. So um, that's that's what's running through her mind. And she's like, this is not shaping up to be a better week. Carl. Carl looks back at the hospital. Um, Smoke starting to sort of trickle out of the windows and doors. And as he 
looks at it, the image of the reactor image of three sets of red eyes and a bulbous tentacle head looms up above the hospital. He says, that, my friends, is a very good place to end this episode of Dark Was the Night. Well, it's been a while, but that was still a spooky good time. Hope you enjoyed it. I know I did. Check out our shop on Etsy. <laughs> we have uh, Red Eyes uh, pendants. Do we do we now? Red chains. Eyes that we, that we literally just, just just revealed in this episode? Just letting them know. Gotcha. That's what we're doing. I like it. The Red Eyes pendants and... Uh, what, what about our Patreon? Or Patreon? Well, you, can go on pa- you can go on the... Uh, ca- Carl funny. Patreon. Carl oh. Patreon. Oh. <laughs> Very nice. Very nice. also like to thank um, our, our sponsors. Uh, Bubba's Pizza. Bubba's <laughs> Pizza. And Fruitle Dome. <laughs> wait, wait, what? How do we end our show? Um, Is it Tuesday yet? No, no. Um, <laughs> our Shakespeare. Wednesday. Oh, Shakespeare. Uh, hey, if you enjoyed I'm it, sorry. Uh, oh, that that, one? that that was dark was the night. Thank you so much. For if you enjoyed our show, please tell both your friends. And if you didn't enjoy it, keep it to yourself. I cry easily. I'm Soren. I'm Emily Sue. I'm Roosevelt. And, and we're, we're going, going to Disneyland. Disneyland.